0: welcome to a brand new edition of the Current Account Podcast. Wish you all a very happy 2024 and hope the year ahead is just as good or maybe even better than what 2023 was. On that note, speaking about 2023, it was a very important year for the housing finance space. We finally saw the merger of HTFC Limited with HTFC Bank. What that merger also meant was about 5 lakh crore of housing assets moving from the NBFC fold to the banking sector. Does this mean that, like we've seen a shift in gold loans and vehicle loans, housing as a portfolio would also be better served by banks vis-a-vis NBFCs? Not quite, says Jairam Sridharad, Managing Director of Piramal Housing Finance. And to support his view is Ruchin Goel, Managing Director and Senior Partner BCG India. Both of them are one of the finest hands in the financial services space. And they strongly believe that housing will remain a fold, an important fold for non-banks. It's not that it's just going to go away to banks just yet. But in the process, will the way interest rates have moved in the last one year have any impact? Will higher rates make a compelling shift for customers, borrowers, To move away from NBFCs to banks, again, Jairam feels it's not a very sustainable trend. Listen to this conversation with Jairam and Ruchi. Irrespective of uh, where we are today, it is that the the market is more meandering towards uh, uh, banks versus NBFCs because there's a larger chunk absorbed by them because of the low cost; they're able to ensure uh, visa we uh, what NBFCs are. The cost benefit has gone to banks compared to NBFCs. You see that as a game shifting uh, uh, tool in the in the medium term, at
1: least. So look, I I'll answer this at a at a macro and you know slightly more kind of you know micro level. Uh, at a macro level, you know this theme that that you're asking is not just true for gold loans, you know housing loans. I think across products, right. Uh, what RBI is trying to do is they're trying to, you know, so called try and make the regulations slightly similar or, you know, more, more common between NVFCs and banks. You know, and we've seen that shift happening. And that will continue, especially for the larger NVFCs, you know, what they call as the systematically more, you know, important NVFCs. Uh, so, to that extent, you know, the business models, at least from a regulatory perspective, you know, uh, both of them will have very similar regulations. Having said that, uh, is there a space both for banks and NBFCs in India? Absolutely, yes. Right? And why do I say that? First of all, you know, when you say banks, not all the banks are the same, right? And not every bank has a cost advantage over NBFCs. I, I feel some of the very large banks, you know, the likes of HDFC, ICICI, Axis, and so they do have an edge in terms of low cost funds, smaller banks, newer private sector banks, you know, in, in fact, I feel the housing finance companies have a lower cost, uh, you know, structure. Than these banks because they struggle to garner low cost deposits. Uh, they have to pay very high savings rates. Uh, yes. They have huge amount of costs. You know, running a branch network, uh, you know, to gather, uh, you know, uh, liabilities is not a cheap business. It's very expensive,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. And they have you know to comply with you know CRR SLR, uh, PSL kind of guidelines. So it's so all the banks are not the same, right? Similarly, all the NBFCs are not the same, right? And then there's a market out there, right? If you take market and you just categorize markets in two dimensions, one is customer segment, mm. how risky, or at least a perceived riskiness of the customers, mm. right? And how much data do do banks, you know, uh, or slash NVFCs have? So the really price segment mm. will be taken up by you know the players which have low cost, right? But there is a market out there where you know there is informal segment, gig economy, right? Uh, you know people who don't have you know, five years of, you know, uh, IT, you know, returns that are, that are being filed, you know, to uh, justify the EMI, right? India also has a very peculiar situation on property not being very clean, right? So there are various jurisdictions in terms of, you know, uh, municipalities and, you know, uh, you know, the legal paperwork is not clean. So if you take the two by two, you know, if you take segments where either the, the customers don't have very clean papers or the property doesn't have very clean papers, right? Uh, and, and then there are shades of grey. You know, it's it's like a continuous Berad. curve, right? There is enough for everyone to play, depending on the mm. and depending on you know the interest rate they're able to charge. Uh, I think there's a market for everyone.
0: Perfect, perfect. Jaram, what he said is actually uh, uh, good news for you. It's it it works to your favor. Uh, you have a better competitive advantage, uh, understanding of customers vis-a-vis some of the smaller banks would. Forget SFBs, they're never going to be competition for you in the near term.
2: See, though the history of non-banking finance companies in India has been a history of of uh, starting product category after product category, doing the initial stage of innovation, bringing the category to a sure. particular scale, and then actually backs coming in and actually providing serious competition. Many large mm-hmm. categories have gone exactly the same way. and It's nothing new for the NBFC sector. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, there was a time when car finance was an entirely NBFC domain. Uh, and uh, now, you know, practically, you know, banks dominate the space, right? Mm. There was a time you, as you rightly mentioned, gold finance was an entirely NBFC domain. Now it's all banks. Uh, housing itself, uh, there was a time when, um, you know, uh, you know, when HDFC started, HDFC Limited, um, mm-hmm. uh, right? They made mortgages into a product, which was uh, uh, which was uh, really more readily available across the industry, and they um, created a product category which quickly became uh, adopted. Uh, look at microfinance. Microfinance for the longest time was just uh, an NBFC or uh, you know specialized NBFC product. Um, um, and now that whole sector is dominated by banks and banks have larger market share than, uh, than MFIs do. Uh, so in every product category, this is bound to happen. Um, so it's not something that NBFCs are new to and they have seen this decade after decade. So there's nothing. Like right now, for example, if you see the today's market, all these uh, BNPL type products, all this digital lending type stuff, they are NBFC domain or essentially NBFCs are doing these products, banks are not doing it. Mm. But very soon banks will take over if the product is good. If the product mm. earns, then the banks won't get into it. Uh, mm. Mm. If the product survives and it turns out to be a good product, then banks will come in and actually you know, cut the prices there down and uh, NBFCs will have to go find another uh, you know, space to compete in. Um, That has been the nature of our industry, that NBFCs constantly innovate, find new product categories, uh, and banks continue to come in once the product category is somewhat established uh, and the economics are established. So so that's fine. Uh, The point about, is there space for both types of entities banking and non-banking entities um and do the different entities have uh different sort of comparative advantages that they bring to the table absolutely mm-hmm. um that still remains the case we continue to have situations that are not conducive to banks which uh, nbfcs are uh, well suited to do the last mile that an mm. nbfc can do is just much harder for uh, you know for for banks to do and the kind of um judgment calls that NBFCs can make on on people with uh, with weak paperwork, etc. It's very, very hard for a bank to do. At Piramal, our, our core tagline of our advertising is hum se zyada uh, Correct. Correct. that I will look at your intentions more so than I look at your paperwork. That is a platform on which we compete, right? It would be an impossible yes. tagline for a bank, right? It it
0: is. You'll is. never it see is. a bank
2: yeah. with that tagline. Uh, no. right? There's a reason for that. Like They can't do it. Um, uh, that's just an NBFC domain of uh, of being able to do that, right? Mm, uh, mm, so mm.
0: Uh, yes,
2: absolutely, the the room exists. But we should not be surprised if, um, if if product categories which were erstwhile NBFC categories uh, tomorrow became become a lot more bank oriented. That's fine. There is no dearth of product innovation ideas and opportunities out there. Such and, as
0: what and do yes, you believe. Comes. So in the housing category, uh, where do you see the pockets? Uh, which I think could in housing, if them?
2: you take the if you take the last two three year view two year view mm. you will see mm. that hfcs have lost share and of course with the hdfc bank that HDFC merger thing that mathematically obviously everything has gone out of the window but yes in of that as well we have lost a little bit of share hfcs have lost a little bit of share to banks. but if you look at the five years before that hfcs gained a lot of share um mm.
0: you
2: know, from banks so over a 10 year period nothing much has changed actually nothing has changed. It's pretty much the it's pretty much the same so no there is no like uh there's no particular thing to worry about here the uh, there's a different angle here, though, which is the regulatory regime on HFCs themselves, right? Where HFCs have specific criteria around how much of your business needs to be housing and how much of it needs to be individual housing, et cetera, which is a lot more onerous. Than, um, than what, for example, a bank would have to do. Bank can have a very diversified portfolio, no problem. Um, but an HFC struggles with some of the regulatory criteria. Because of that, of course, you've uh, apart from the big HDFC limited going away from HFCs, you also recently saw India Bulls make a similar announcement, saying they are going to move away from being an HFC as well. So being yes. an HFC is complicated today, because at scale, for you to be able to build just a housing business and nothing else is... Oh. Uh, is complicated and creates a lot of portfolio risks for you, which is one of the reasons why you see other players like India Bulls, etc., uh, you know, convert to becoming more general-purpose NBFCs rather than HFCs. Perfect,
0: perfect. Uh, do you share uh, Jairam's view? You speak a lot with... Uh, you work a lot, rather, with uh, some of these companies. Do you share uh, Jairam's view? Is it is it difficult to just concentrate on one product, especially if you're looking at the HFC market today?
1: No, I do. In fact, uh, another name was, you know, while not such a large player, but LD Finance, you know, had a housing finance company and they kind of reverse merged it. And yes, they are a generic uh, purpose NBFC. And yes, I think, you know, one Jaina already spoke about. Another reason is historically, uh, by having a housing finance structure, there were some advantages. You know, you would get NHP funding, which you still do. And, you know, there were some other differences in, in regulations those differences in terms of an advantage of having a housing finance structure is coming down. Mm, right? mm. Most groups, if they have different businesses, you know, the question they're asking is, is it worthwhile uh, to maintain a separate legal entity? Uh, advantages are Not much, you know, and there are challenges as, as Jaram said on, on diversification. Mm. Uh, we are seeing that trend, uh, especially, mm. especially groups which are into multiple businesses. So if you have a pure housing, if you are like a PNB housing, or LIC, LIC Housing Finance, you know, they will still continue to make uh, HFCs, right? But but many other companies, uh, you know, broader NVFCs may actually choose to just, uh, you know, do the business in the NVFC structure. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Uh, Jeram, one other thing that we are uh, increasingly picking up from the market is the growing preference towards the sub 50 lakh uh, uh, market and uh, the the growing gap between the super prime and the uh, low cost uh, housing finance market. The line wasn't very uh, distinct a couple of uh, about a year or so back. Today they say, I mean, most of the industry people they say uh, is that, you know, it's, it's so prominent. There is there are only so many people who can cater to the super prime category, super prime in terms of uh, property, uh, your one crore plus uh, market. And the, the number of people who want to do the 50 lakh and below, that's a much larger bulge. At Piramal, how are you seeing the terrain? Or, and see, you believe look, that one needs to have a good mix of both?
2: See, the market, the financing market for large ticket housing versus small ticket housing is very different. Uh, yes. Generally, large ticket housing uh, or, or prime housing tends to be very price competitive and uh, largely a bank domain. Um, the only situation you will see NBFCs or HFCs in large ticket housing is when there are some serious problems with either the nature of the property, i.e. some uh, ownership paperwork or kind of uh, the ownership history is, is weak. Or if the customer is in uh, a very different type of industry, which banks don't like to touch, the customer is a contractor or, um, you know, travel agency guy or some, some industries which banks generally stay away from, uh, mm. that you will not see a lot of uh, play for uh, 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 for most NBFCs and HFCs. I say most because some A NBFCs and HFCs will still cater to that population. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. outside of the AAA space, it is impossible to cater to the one crore plus type of population. The price sensitivity is too high. Um, in, that, uh, in that segment. So the space for NBFCs and HFCs to play in housing is in smaller ticket where uh, the customer is not nearly as price sensitive. They don't have nearly as many options as the luxury housing guy uh, does. Okay. As it happens okay. in today's market, the large ticket or the uh, let's call it luxury housing is in a lot healthier state and demand is much stronger uh, is it- than the affordable space. Um, and this is a let's call it post 2021 phenomenon you know that um, uh, that the smaller ticket guys probably because of covid they have run out of savings or whatever the situation is but um, but in these smaller tickets there is a bit of a struggle in fact in the less than 25 lakh ticket size uh the whole the industry as a whole uh over the last two years has actually degrown by a little bit uh, so the less than 25 lakh is just not going anywhere uh, which is mm. kind of weird and somewhat counterintuitive when you hear all the stories about how like small towns are emerging in India and like it's the time for Bharat and all so that. true,
0: kind of yes. But, uh, yes.
2: But the reality is that less than 25 lakh rupee housing is actually not growing at all. And uh, a lot of that tells you uh, about the... The financial status of uh, the consumers is, that are uh, that that are in that segment and those consumers are not in the best financial shape uh, post COVID. Um, but having said that, these things are cyclical; they they come up and down, and you can't build you can't build businesses or worry about them I mean, in every cycle. Uh, in the long run, the fact of the matter is India is a, is is a heavily uh, kind of under owned market in terms of housing and. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and hence, the kind of lower ticket uh, housing will take off and uh, will have a, a, a strong run in the, uh, in, the um, in in the in the long run. Uh, right now, though, is, uh, is, uh, is a bit challenging from a growth perspective.
0: But this is also a segment, Jairam. I remember a couple of months back, you said that the gap between real mortgages and LAP is also thinning. One needs to be a little careful of how to play the segment.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the rates in the market have, uh, you know, typically LAPs have always been, I mean, there was a time when we used to say that LAPs should be 250 basis points above mortgage. Those days are long gone, um, uh, right? There is not, no longer that kind of gap. There's barely a hundred basis point gap between uh, uh, between mortgage rates and LAP rates. And in some cases, even smaller than that. Even smaller, uh, yes. but, but today, from a risk outcome perspective, mortgage and LAP or residential mortgages or home loans and LAP are performing just about the same. Uh, mm. so- Uh, So everybody feels like, oh, LAP is making just as much money or more money at the same risk level, why bother, Uh, right? But through the cycle, LAPs have tended to be uh, more risky and Mm. uh, there is a chance that uh, LAPs are getting underpriced in today's market.
1: I think it's very important for bankers, you know, and and lenders, NBFC, you know, lenders to not just look at a point Mm -hmm. of time, you know, credit cost, Correct. Pricing, right. It's very, very important to look at through the cycle, credit cost. And, and mm. there is one ROA that you can build today uh, using today's credit cost. Actually, the, the current ROA is to say, look, if you, be, if you were to assume a through the cycle credit cost, uh, how does that mm. right? And that's, that's the only true metric uh, of profitability, because cycles will come mm.
0: Right?
1: Mm. in good cycles, you know, we've seen this. And you know, right now, it's happening, for example, corporate credit, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, uh, the corporate credit is, is mm. the, Almost zero credit cost right but yes but that will change
0: that will change in fact today if i'm not wrong the mentality is that uh, cost can be anything but i will price the risk accordingly i i I have the pricing power that seems to be growingly the approach among bankers and among lenders as such Uh, is that something that you concur with ruchin or uh, are we are we somewhere mispricing uh risk here still
1: no, I concur with the thought, uh, but I, I don't see enough action on the ground. I mean, uh, oh. the nature of the industry is always uh, mm. good times, you know, um, especially when the growth is not as high because, uh, you know, there is always pressure of doing business, right? So, so in good times, you know, it's very difficult to, when I say good times, I'm, I'm saying good times when the credit costs are low, mm. mm. the market right now across banks and BFCs, you know, we are at, at one of the lowest, you know, credit cost cycles mm. in many, true, many years, true. right? So it's very difficult to price the risk across cycle in, in a time mm. like right. Perfect. But But, you know, we have, obviously, uh, if you take unsecured credit, you know, there was a big move from the regulator uh, trying to increase risk weights, and some of that may then get passed on in the market. Uh, right. So this external, you know, stimulus or, or external kind of nudge given, uh, then, you know, I see that more happening. Uh, On its own, it's it's a very difficult discipline to maintain.
0: Perfect. Perfect. So to wrap it up, and I'll uh, start with you, Jairam. uh, HDFC moving out of the system, it's not created vacuum. It's actually created more opportunities. And you see this as a positive trend for the system.
2: Yeah, I'd say that uh, the the uh, the system will remain healthy as long as there are healthy competitors, rational competitors who take long-term view of the market. And uh, in that regard, today's market is very rational. Pricing is decent in most parts of residential housing. The demand structure itself is a bit weak, but that will change uh, over time. And... Uh-huh. Uh, and, and as long as all players continue the the, the the pricing discipline, if risk remains anywhere near as good as it is right now, uh, it'll be great for all lenders.
1: you concur with jaram Ruchin? Oh, I do. I think, you know, uh, in the long term, you know, uh, I think housing and mortgage overall will be one of the strongest growth categories across banks and NDFCs. I think, you know, unless, you know, there are players who, who don't know how to manage risk, you know, and we've seen some of them in the HFC space as well. Mm. Uh, you know, in India, I think that unless we have incidents like those, I think the market is very healthy and will remain strong. Um, So I'm I'm quite bullish overall on uh, on the market potential in the long term, uh, across all segments, you know, prime, subprime, you know, mm. high ticket size, you know, low ticket size, uh, banks and NBFC, I think you know, there's room for everyone to play and, and make money.
0: Perfect. Thank you both of you for joining in. It was it was a wonderful conversation. With that, we wrap the first edition of the Current Account podcast. We'll come back to you in just a fortnight, talking about a very interesting topic. Till then, do take care, stay safe.